and welcome to another edition of Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom. Coming up on the show, I'm sure you've been made well aware of Ocean Gate and that submarine, but I've got some thoughts about it that you might not have heard before and a different approach to what might have happened and the aftermath of the events that took place. Also coming up on the show, 1965, Paul Harvey had a recording of a broadcast that predicts what society is like today. And so that's coming up on the show. But Ocean Gate, that private sub that imploded on its way to visit the Titanic. I'm sure you've heard of it. It was called the Titan. Well, there's some things that I'd like to just share with you that might be important, important to reflect on. But in case you don't know what I'm talking about or you're not really sure what I'm talking about or you've heard all kinds of things because whenever an event like this happens, everybody on social media becomes an expert. So just quickly, some facts and observations about this. Okay, first of all, it was a submarine that apparently was described the size of like a minivan without the chairs in it. That's where you would sit. It's about the size of a minivan, and the space inside was about the space of like the cargo of a minivan, no chairs. It was made of titanium and carbon fiber, which is important because apparently most submersibles are made of like steel and other time-tested materials, but the carbon fiber was something new that Stockton Rush was trying to do. Uh, you're sealed in from the outside, so the nose, the cone, would close, and then they'd bolt or rivet you in. And once you were in, you were in until they let you out. Now, some interesting things that kind of got everybody like, whoa. It was piloted by using a gaming control, like Xbox or PlayStation, like a gaming control device. And that got a lot of people Kind of shocked a lot of people, but then after reading some other things and looking at some other videos, apparently there's a lot of submersibles that use those kind of uh, logic game controlling remote controls. So maybe it's not as bizarre as we might think, but that was to me a red flag anyways. There was a news reporter that did a report a few months before the, the accident and he referred to the design as MacGyverism. Like everything was just kind of MacGyvered together. If you know the show, you know what I mean. There were things purchased from all over the place, like Camper's World. There were some lights that they bought from Camper's World to illuminate the inside. Um, and then other things bought, I think some people said, from like Home Depot and other places. Um, another peculiar thing was you had to sign a death waiver to ride into it. It would cost $250,000 per person to become a mission specialist. And that mission specialist designation meant you also did some other things along the trip. It was like an eight day excursion out to the Titanic area. And then um, from St. John's, Newfoundland. And so you had all these things to do to get ready. And so you were a mission specialist. Um, it was a two and a half mile, roughly 2.4, 2.5 miles down to the ocean floor where the Titanic rests. So it's a kind of a long journey. And once they drop you off and you go down, all you're doing is you're kind of free falling down, from my understanding. And then once you get there, 
the people up top have to then direct you or try to guide you to find the Titanic. It's not like you're in a steering wheel and a vehicle and you're driving to the Titanic with directions or GPS. The people up top have to relay coordinates or information somehow to get you to find the Titanic. So I guess there had been some excursions that did not even get to see the Titanic because they just ran out of time. You get like a two-hour descent. You have about two, two and a half hours supposedly to mill around the bottom of the ocean. And then it takes probably two, two and a half hours supposedly they said to go back up. So you have like about an eight-hour window of operation. Now here's where it gets kind of scary actually. There were some safety concerns. Safety concerns that experts suggested should be addressed, but they were ignored. I believe it was an experimental approach to the design of the submersible using this carbon fiber. Most everybody says carbon fiber should not be used in submersibles. The design was outside of industry standards. In 2018, a company safety official was fired after raising concerns. And then there had been ongoing issues on previous journeys, such as like battery issues, loss of communication for hours, mechanical issues, and even issues that caused the uh, missions to be aborted. So think about this. You're, you're approaching this thing, the submersible, and you're going to have this iconic trip down to the Titanic. I'm still not really sure why we're all fascinated by the Titanic still. I mean, it's a piece of history and it's a big deal, but it's a boat at the bottom of the ocean. But anyways, people pay a quarter of a million dollars to go see it in person. And again, the other thing that was kind of odd was you had this small port window out the front, the nose cone that you would see, but then I guess you also had some cameras so you can see it on the camera or on the outside of the submersible cameras, and so you can watch it on the, the screens inside. So a lot of people, and I guess you could say not rightfully so, but understandably so, was making fun of this whole excursion once it went down. There are memes popping up all over social media about different things, and basically they were kind of poking fun at this whole endeavor, which was kind of sad to begin with. But, but here's the thing. You have five individuals that were excited. They were going to go and fulfill a dream of seeing that Titanic up close and personal. At least that's what they hoped. And about an hour or an hour and a half into their descent, the thing implodes. In a fraction of a second, their lives were over. Gone off the face of the earth. And they probably didn't even realize it. Most people were talking about, you know, recovering the bodies, but the scientists and people that are experts in implosions were saying that the bodies were probably disintegrated in a millisecond or a couple milliseconds, whatever the shortest period of time could possibly be. And so, again, in the blink of an eye, in the twinkle of an eye, five individuals pass out of this life into the afterlife. So the question I would ask is, what do you think happened to them? If you are someone like Arnold Schwarzenegger, who recently came out and said that he doesn't believe in an afterlife, doesn't believe in heaven, and people who tell you about heaven are liars, are effing liars, he believes once you die, you're dead, so you need to make the most of it here on earth. But what happened to them? Is there an afterlife? And if so, what does it look like? What does it look like to you? What do you believe?
is what I'm getting at. So the question to contemplate is what happens to you when you die? I mean, wouldn't that be a fair question to ask what happens to us when we die? Do you ever think about it? Now, some people might say, well, we go to heaven automatically. No questions asked. Others say it would depend on how you lived your life here on earth. You could go to heaven or maybe another place. Some might think hell or some might think another place that's not quite heaven, but maybe not as bad as hell. Others believe in going to different places, mostly good places. But what do you believe in the afterlife? What is it that you think will happen to you when you die? Like these five individuals descending down to the Titanic and in an instant their life is over. What happened to them? Well, not too long ago, we had holy season of Easter and Ramadan, and there was a lot of conversations, at least that I had with people, because I was curious about Ramadan especially. I'm familiar with the Christian faith, but with Ramadan, not too familiar. I know some basic principles, but I was curious. And one of the things that got me curious was this fasting. There was one kid I talked to in school, and I guess he would, I don't know when he last ate, maybe 6, 7 o'clock at night. And then you're supposed to get up before sunrise because you can't eat between sunrise and sunset in Ramadan. But he didn't get up before sunrise, and so he pretty much went 24 hours without eating because he never ate lunch. He can't eat lunch at school. And then you get home, and by the time you eat again, it's probably 24 hours. And so that's what got me interested in this fasting thing of Ramadan. You can't eat sun up to sundown, and it was fascinating. But anyway, so we had a lot of different conversations with a lot of different people, Catholics, Christians, Muslims, because it's the high holy season, right? And then um, that gave us time to kind of reflect because the conversation initially was kind of bizarre because there are people not getting offended but kind of getting shocked by some of the beliefs. And I was kind of shocked about how you can go so long without eating. But then there's some other beliefs in Muslim that others, like the Catholics that were in the conversation, they were like, what? But again, it was a good conversation, and it actually brought everybody closer together. It wasn't There wasn't this great divide. We had, I don't understand your faith. Let's talk about it. Now I have understanding, even though I won't practice your faith, or I don't necessarily believe in your faith. I'm going to believe in my own faith. But we had understanding and conversation about it, and it brought the group closer together. But here, what happens after we die? So... We were reflecting during Ramadan about our personal beliefs. And so now maybe this is another time in an event like this that captivated the, the global audience. Pause for a moment and ask yourself, what will happen to you when you die? Or do you even care? What will people say about you when you die? So if you think it depends on whether or not you're a good person, Okay, let's go there. Most people say, well, when you die, whatever happens to you in the afterlife, it depends on whether or not you're a good person. I would ask you then simply, were you a good person? Let's start there. So, yeah, you have to be a good person. Well, were you? And if not, why not? And if not, are you going to change? If you think you're a good person, and that's all that matters, then I would ask you, how do you know you're a good person? What's your standard of being a good person? I mean, Stockton Rush of Ocean Gate, the sub guy, he thought the sub was good. He thought his, his design was good. He believed in his belief of his mission. 
and poof, it imploded. It was flawed, and he ignored safety experts. And the reason why it imploded this time, nobody really knows, but when you talk more and more to experts or you hear more and more expert testimony, so to speak, it could have happened at any time. Previous dives, apparently they just got lucky it didn't happen to them. Or maybe it was divine intervention. Don't know. So he had this reliance, did Stockton rush, the sub guy. He had reliance on his own understanding of deep ocean safety. He ignored the experts and it cost him his life. So, again, I would ask you, how do you define being a good person? Are you relying on your own understanding, like Stockton Rush did? And what happens when you die? Does your afterlife implode on you? There's a proverb that says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. So are we going to lean on our own understanding or do we need to rely on some expertise in the afterlife and what happens to us? And again, this is something you have to ask yourself. I'm not going to so-called preach it to you. I'm going to share some thoughts. But this is something you have to investigate. And as you're investigating, if you choose to do so, maybe some of these thoughts might be of interest in helping you along this journey. So again, are you relying on your own understanding? Or should you seek out other information? And if you seek out information, where are you going to seek this information out? There might be multiple sources. And maybe you feel like you should try multiple sources. I know a lot of people don't find fulfillment in life, so they try yoga, they try Mother Nature, you know, climate change, they try saving the environment, uh, they put themselves into animal rescues, they put themselves into all these things, and yet they're never fulfilled. They're always seeking, always seeking, always seeking. And so one of the things I might recommend, and if you're open enough to think about it, it might change your life. And if you don't want to, that's fine too. It's up to you. But maybe check out the Bible in your search. So let's set the standard. You see signs at ballparks all the time, right? John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So what's your standard of being a good person, and how do you know in your own understanding that you are a good person? Well, here, God sent his son to die for you and I, so the question then becomes removed. Well, whatever a good person is, as long as I believe that Jesus died on the cross, then perhaps my afterlife is going to be okay. It's not my own understanding anymore. There's this road, many people... Today, they don't really know the specific name of the road, but they travel it, they live it. Some go on and off of it. Some divert from it, go around it. Some don't know it at all. It's called Romans Road. Maybe you've heard of it. Well, the questions that are answered, there's five of them, five questions that are answered by Romans Road, and it's taken from Romans in the Bible. Who needs salvation? Why do we need salvation? How does God provide salvation? And how do we receive salvation? And what are the results of salvation? So what is salvation to begin with? What's the act of saving someone? In this case, saving someone from their sins. Again, how do you know if you're a good person or a bad person? What happens to you in the afterlife? Well, if there's some sort of standard 
a dividing line between good and bad. What is that? How do we measure that? Ten Commandments, following the belief systems of a religion. So who needs salvation? Let's start with step one. And again, salvation is the act of someone, in this case in religion, saving us from ourselves, from the sin of this world. So Romans Road begins with the truth that everyone needs salvation, everyone needs saving, because all people have sinned. No one gets a free ride, because every person is guilty before God. We all fall short, fall short of the mark, like Romans 3.23, the beginning of Romans Road. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Okay. So we start our journey, and right away we all realize, according to this, that we all fall short of that good person mark. Seems rather tragic and not a good start, but let's carry on and let's see what happens next. So if we've all fallen short, we're not good people. So if you believe in the afterlife, maybe we're not going to heaven. What's step two? Why do we need salvation? Well, if we fall short of the glory of God and we've all sinned, well, the price of sin is death. Everybody dies. We know that. We all die. The world, everybody dies, unfortunately. And the punishment that we all deserve is physical death, which happens, and spiritual death, what happens to us in the afterlife. Thus, we need God's salvation to escape the deadly eternal consequences of our sin. So now we're taking it beyond us. It's outside of our control. We no longer need to decide if we're a good person or a bad person. We just need to believe God's gift. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So you got a free gift. And free gift is redundant, but the point is, that's it. It's a free and it's a gift. Don't need to do anything. Don't need to give it back. Don't need to do nothing except believe. How does God provide salvation? Well, Jesus died for our sins on the cross, which was Easter for the Christian faith. His death paid the full price for our salvation through the death and resurrection of God's own son. The debt we owed was satisfied. So five people in a submersible, poof, it implodes, life is over. Now we're in the afterlife. You define the afterlife as what happens to you is whether you're a good person or not. Well, how do you know if you're a good person or not? Do you rely on your own understanding like Stockton Rush did, and did that prove fallible? Uh-oh, I got it wrong. Or perhaps you think about this, and you're like, okay, if I trust in God, realizing that Jesus died on the cross to pay the, the sin, pay the debt, I no longer have to decide or have an understanding of good and bad as far as what defines me being a good person to get me into heaven or into a good afterlife. But here, if I believe this wholeheartedly, honestly, genuinely, then it's taken care of. I no longer have to risk whether or not that I was a good person. So how do we receive that salvation? All sinners receive salvation and eternal life through the faith in Jesus Christ. Anyone who places their trust in Jesus receives the promise of eternal life. Romans 10, 9, and 10. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There's the promise. And then finally, what are the results of salvation? Salvation through Jesus Christ. 
brings us into a relationship of peace with God. When we accept God's gift, we have the reward of knowing we'll never be condemned for our sins. So now we know if we're going down in a submersible and poof, life is over and we head to the afterlife, we know what's going to happen to us. We're going to be in heaven. Romans 5.1, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. So, who needs salvation? Well, everybody does, according to Romans Road. Why do we need it? Because we've all fallen short. We're not good people. And we can't define goodness anyways. And do we really want to lean on our un-understanding? Like Stockton Rush leaned on his own understanding? And God provided the answers. He sent his son to die on the cross for us so we don't have to pay that price. And we receive it through believing in him, confessing with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, believing in our hearts that God raised him from the dead. And the result of all of that is that we have peace with God knowing that when our time here on earth is done, we will not be condemned for our sins, but we will be ushered into heaven. So again, as you pause to reflect on your belief system in the afterlife, if you so choose to do so, and you think about the afterlife and you're unsure, perhaps you need to maybe take this journey down Romans Road. See if it's a right fit for you. It might just surprise you. You might be caught off guard and be like, well, I never really believed much of this, but now after contemplating this and thinking about this, and it might not be a quick journey. Maybe for you it's a longer journey. But it's right there in Romans. Romans Road, you can just internet search Romans Road and it pops up too. Or if you have more questions or need more information about this and you want to reach out to me, TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast at gmail.com is the email address. Send me an email and I'll respond. But something to think about because at any moment, at any time, our lives could be gone and we won't even know it. We're thinking we're going down, going to see the Titanic, or we're going to the ball game, or we're going to a family event, or whatever it is. Our sights are set on what is going to take place. And we're thinking of all the memories, the pictures, and everything that's going to happen, and then all of a sudden now we're no longer on earth. We're in the afterlife. So are you one to believe in the afterlife? And if so, what do you believe? If you don't, why not? Maybe you should check that. And if you're not really sure, well, maybe something here might spawn your curiosity and you can do some investigating and check out. And again, you can always email me, TWO, two steps ahead podcast at gmail.com. But something to think about. Now, in 1965, Paul Harvey uh, recorded a broadcast, a short little piece called If I Were the Devil. And it talks about a plan to destroy our country again 1965 i'm gonna play it for you and then i've got it broken down into a couple smaller pieces i want you to take a listen and see just how relevant you think it is according to today's standards if i were the devil if i were the devil if i were the prince of darkness i'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness And I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree, the 
So I'd set about, however necessary, to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve. Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing, I'd have judges promoting pornography, Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. And what'll you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. So that was 1965. How relevant is it for today? I mean, you think about some of the things they talk about. You know, talk about self. A lot of self. Do what I please. The first thing he would do is Attack the churches. We've seen that over and over and over again. It could be any church, not even the Christian church. What about the pandemic and all the Jewish synagogues that were attacked in New York by the government? John MacArthur's church in Los Angeles attacked by the government. Other churches being shut down. Pastor in Canada being arrested. People, Bible's a myth is what he said. Man created God. Isn't that so true? How someone who is believed to be the creator becomes the created by the very creation that he made. But let's go down, because it was a three-minute uh, long thing. You can always internet search it, too. Just Paul Harvey, If I Were the Devil. It's from 1965. But let's break it down a little bit into chunks and dissect it, and let's see how this plays out. So here's the first little bit um, of the piece broken down. 
I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve. Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. So we just talked about the uh, submarine, right, and the afterlife. And talked about, you know, the definition of good, what's good and bad. Well, the church is a place that can define what's good and what's bad. The church is a place that tells you what you should and should not do. And it doesn't matter what your belief system is. There's always a set of standards on what you should not should not do. For example, in the Muslim faith, I learned that you can't eat pork and you can't drink alcohol. Okay. Now, a lot of people might think that's good. Alcohol, bad. Okay, there's a defining line between good and bad in the Muslim faith with those two things. In other areas, the Christian faith, yes, too much alcohol. Do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, again, a defining line when it comes to alcohol. So there are religious beliefs that do give us kind of a, a guide of what is good and what is bad. So we have to do away with the church. Because if we do away with the church, if we do away with that one thing that is telling us what's good and bad, then we can do as we please. Because there is no morality. There is no more ethics. No responsibility. Anyone can do what we want. The Bible's a myth. Don't believe it. God doesn't exist. God is what you want it to be. God is a she. Anything can be a God. I can be a God. See, there's no standard anymore. So you subvert the church. And the attack on the church and the Bible continues. You see it in the news if you follow closely. A lot of churches, a lot of people with a religious faith that goes against the mainstream ideology being attacked. You have people, including politicians, that have said the Bible needs to change to fit society. But in actuality, society should change to fit the standards of the Bible, for example. Uh, Hillary Clinton in 2015, talking about reproductive rights, quote, and you can look this up for yourself, far too many women are denied access to reproductive health care and safe childbirth. Laws don't count for much. If they're not enforced, rights have to exist in practice, not just on the page. And then she says, laws have to be backed up with resources and political will and deep-seated cultural codes, religious beliefs. And structural biases have to be changed. So here she is in 2015, what, eight years ago. Talking about how we have to change our religious beliefs to agree with whatever it is. And in this case, abortion rights. LGBT, we've seen them attack florists, bakers, and others, suing them. Because they did not want to bake a cake or make some arrangements. And it wasn't they didn't want to bake a cake or make some flower arrangements. They wanted to specifically bake a specific kind of cake or make specific kind of floral arrangements because it went against their religious faith. What happened to freedom of religion in America? So they get attacked. They get sued. They get shut down. Hate towards athletes who don't want to participate in Pride Night. 2022, five Tampa Bay raised pitchers were ostracized for not wearing their pride shirts before the game. 
ironically enough now, the NHL has done away with Pride Night, saying they're not going to do it anymore because it takes the focus off of hockey. Texas Rangers came under fire for not having a Pride Night. So everyone said, why Why do you have uh, Pride Night? That's terrible. You should, have a, you should have Pride Night. Well, you know why Texas Rangers do not have a Pride Night? Did you hear the reasons why? They had it one night. A number of years ago, they had Pride Night, and the fans rejected it, did not want it. So the Texas Ranger fans spoke out and said, we do not want this, and therefore they do not have it anymore. Again, look at the laws of the land. Criminals get off. Law-abiding citizens become the criminals. Is that not the case anymore? Riots of 2020. Burning down cities, burning down businesses. Lawlessness. You know, the vice president trying to bail people out. No accountability, no responsibility. Do as you please without the cost or ramifications of consequences. And then I think the biggest thing was our father, which art in Washington, the leaders of our country, they think they are gods. They act like it. They go around. Remember when Nancy Pelosi and the archbishop had a disagreement and the archbishop in San Francisco, a Catholic religious leader, maybe an expert that people like Stockton Rush should have listened to? But Nancy Pelosi wants to rely on her own understanding. And she said, I'm going to take communion anyways, even if the archbishop says I should not because of my support for abortion. So she defiantly takes communion against the request or advice or counsel of the archbishop. Do as you please. I am the God. I will do what I want. I created God. The Bible's a myth. And it goes on and on. There's other people that have done that too. Politicians deify themselves all the time. The worship of self and the lust of self, or maybe just self in general, is the biggest religion in America today. Fanned by the flames of social media. Do as you please. And again, there is no standard. So I ask you again, if you say you have to be a good person, well, what's the definition of good? Where's the dividing line between good and bad? Do as you please. Well, we could just make it up. Here's another little cut. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves, until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. Well, we all know media today does fan the flames. That's absolutely the truth right there. This Again, this was, was uh, recorded in 1965. How recent have we... Heard about the fight over sexualized books in schools. How about cities and states legalizing drugs? Have you heard of Portland lately? Portland back in 2020 passed a measure, Measure 110, a measure that decriminalized the possession of small amounts of illegal drugs such as fentanyl, heroin, meth, and cocaine. Would you even want to attempt taking any of these drugs? I mean, this isn't recreational marijuana. Fentanyl, heroin, meth, and cocaine. Data revealed by the state of Oregon, overdose deaths, people dying from too much drugs. 
shattered state records in 2021 with 1,069 recorded cases of overdoses, 41% increase since the passage of the measure. Drugs. Legalizing drugs, is that still a good thing, do you think? According to the state of Oregon, it's probably not. Overdoses have increased 41%. Robert Kennedy Jr., Democrat candidate for president, wants to nationalize, legalize marijuana. States have marijuana laws. They've legalized it. Society smokes pot like we used to eat candy out of a Pez dispenser. I mean, everybody's smoking weed. I had a class one time where I had to tell them, hey, smoke after and not before, because if you smoke before, we get nothing done. Young kids today suffer from anxiety, mental health issues. Have you seen schools? Have you talked to kids, school-age kids, young adults? Anxiety, mental health, ADHD, other diagnoses have skyrocketed. Some blame the pandemic, but whatever the reasons, we just feed them drugs. For some, it does help, absolutely. But for others, it's just a, they can't cope. Because as we do as we please, there's no standard. Big tech making gazillions off of the legal drug market. I should say big pharma, actually. And then big tech making gazillions off the advertisements of it. So big tech, big pharma together. Families, churches, nations at war with themselves. Media fanning the flames. The families at war with themselves, nations at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves. That is so evident, so self-evident today. I mean, you've got gender ideology. California state law would revoke your parental rights if you did not accept the gender identity of a small child. Your small child, 8, 9, 10 years old, says, I am female. You say, no, your parental rights taken away. Look it up. The fight over abortion, all-time high. Calls to assassinate SCOTUS members, Supreme Court justices, by Chuck Schumer, and others go on with no punishment. The BLM riots, burning down cities, states, killing police, destroying businesses. The big divide over COVID protocols, now being proven to be wrong. Vaccines didn't work, masks didn't help, and social distancing was a farce. And then, of course, you have the great divider himself, Obama. No one cared about bathrooms before he came along. And then all of a sudden, bathrooms became a big deal where you use the bathroom. And we've gone downhill ever since. In fact, you take a look at Ocean Gate and the sub that we're talking about, and everybody was talking about that. Then he comes out and says, what about immigrant boat sinking? We need to talk about that. The media's not talking about that. And all of a sudden, I see a bunch of people posting about the immigrant boat sinking. Well, you never talked about it or you never cared about it until Obama said it. Just dividing, dividing, divisiveness. And all the while, the media is fanning the flames. Churches adopted anti-biblical principles, LGBT pastors, false doctrine, things that go against the Bible have moved in. Rick Warren, you might know that name, promoting and defending women's pastors at Saddleback Church, which is an anti-biblical stance, if you want to be honest. But people accept it because of who he is. He's Rick Warren. He's a god. That's the other thing, too. There's a lot of pastors that have deified, have become deified because of who they are. And I've seen it. I've worked. 
around people. And I've seen where these pastors, these celebrity pastors have become deified. Whether they believe it or not, they have. They've been put up on a pedestal. Rick Warren says we should have women pastors. Okay, well, we need women pastors then because Rick Warren says, well, what does the Bible say? It doesn't matter. The Bible's a myth. We created God. Rick Warren is God. Had a, uh, was at a men's gathering one time, a bunch of men coming together to try to reaffirm their faith. And it was at a church, and it went a little bit long, but there was an altar call. Many people going forward wanting to change their lives for the good, be better fathers, be better husbands, be better coworkers. You'll better themselves, drawing the line, good, bad. They want to be good. And so they went forward. Thousands of people went forward. But the church we were at, the worship leader and the worship band, we kind of cut into their practice time. I understand. You need to practice, rehearse. But again, the purpose of the church is to save lives, reach lost sheep. And the church was complaining because our altar call of saving lives went way too long. The church itself. I need to practice so I can have my rock star, my rock concert that night. Worship of self. Look at me. Look what I did. I've seen bios of pastors. I grew the church. Thousands of people come to my church. That was God's church. I thought God did that. Basically, America is consuming itself. The country's going to implode just like that submarine. And it can happen at any time. We've got against the foundations of what this country was built on for over 200 years. The foundations, the principles, and everything that this country was founded on worked. And then now in the last kind of what, 15 years or so, the foundation has been rocked and we're crumbling. Here's another uh, quick cut that I would like to play. Again, this is 1965. This is Paul Harvey recording If I Were the Devil, and you can uh, search it up. But here's another little cut. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. Extremes in patriotism, the flag has become offensive to people. The American flag has become offensive to people. Patriots are called white supremacists, Nazis, threat to democracy. You know, if you take a look at it deep down, liberal ideology has no foundation. You can believe what you want. Do as you please. That's what it comes down to. Deny ever saying it. And believe something else if you're caught. No, I never said that. It's out of context. A sexualized nation we have become. OnlyFans. Pornhub. You know, Pornhub is the fourth most searched website behind Google, YouTube, and Facebook. Many people have gone to uh, OnlyFans. Make a lot of money. I think there's a website called X Videos. I'm assuming that's an adult video with the X. And uh, that finished in the top 10. A couple others finished in the top 20. So the top 20 websites that are most frequently searched, like Google, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, four or five of them are adult videos. Sexual disease, unwanted pregnancies, sex crimes, drag shows for kids. 
I think it was in New York during Pride Month. They were chanting something along the lines of, we're gay and we're coming for your kids. Remember Ashley Madison? Does that still exist? That website for affairs? 1965, predicting all of this taking place. One more. Here's another cut. Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. And what'll you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. Well, we've definitely seen that. Powerball, lotteries. Remember when the California lottery first took place? Was it back in the 80s? Money for schools. Now schools are broke because politicians have taken that money. We've taken prayer out of school, Ten Commandments out of the courthouses. The separation of church and state has thrown God out with the bathwater. Except we do still swear on the Bible in court, don't we? I find that interesting. There was a a time I was producing a radio show. It was a faith-based radio show. And there was a a biblical principle that uh, is in John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So again, we're talking about Romans Road a little bit earlier. So again, Jesus now speaking says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And then we open the phone calls to just people and we'd say, is there any other way to heaven, any other way to God except through Jesus, John fourteen six. So if you believe the Bible, that's what you should believe. That's the only way. So we would get call after call, giving us their lifetime resume of church, church service, whatever, holier-than-thou type people, saying that there's many ways to get to heaven. Do as you please. God's a myth. Or the Bible's a myth, and we created God. Because you can't go against what you believe if you believe it. If you believe in climate change, isn't it ironic that people believe in climate change like John Kerry, and yet he's jet-setting around the world? being one of the biggest polluters of the climate? How can that match up? How can you jet set around the world using jet fuel and then preach about climate change? It's hypocrisy is what it is. And so you can't believe and say you believe what the Bible says and then go against what the Bible says. Speaking of climate change, has that become a religion of its own? Zealots out there telling us what we need to do. You can't have your gas burner in the apartment or in the house, in the kitchen. I wonder if they do away with Bunsen burners in chemistry labs then. Do we stop science? And then, of course, these people that implement these laws, these rules, they don't follow them themselves. Remember Nancy Pelosi? She went to uh, get her hair done when salons were supposed to be closed. Remember Gavin Mussolini? New nickname I heard for him, which I think is fitting. Gavin Newsom went to uh, French Laundry when all the restaurants were supposed to be shut down, but he's eating there with all the health officials, table full of health officials. AOC leaving New York to go party it up in Florida during COVID. All the other rule breakers. They say in science that the single cell is the simplest form of life, and especially if they find it on Mars or some other planet, NASA, and everybody goes geeky about they found life on Mars. But what about the baby in the womb? 
not considered life. Why? It's killed and the killing is promoted and celebrated. It's kind of sad. Catholic Archdiocese. Boy Scouts, mass abuse. And the church covered it up. So the archdiocese had the priests abusing boys. 1965 specifically mentioned that. They covered it up. The Boy Scouts, another big scandal, covered it up. Obviously there's others. School teachers and other people. How many stories have we seen of school teachers abusing young kids? What about the lotteries and the Powerballs and the casinos all over the place? People losing money because they're sports betting. There was a story about the NBA draft where apparently there was this guy who was going to go second in the NBA draft. Everybody kind of knew it, right? But then somebody put out a tweet, and then people were betting on it. People were betting money that this guy was going to go second. And then somebody, an expert in the NBA, put out a tweet saying that, ooh, this other guy looks like he might be drafted second. So it skewed the betting. And in the end... The original guy was chosen second. So all the people that thought that that guy was going to go took it, and everybody else that changed their, I guess, bet lost out on money. And then it was found out that the guy that put out the tweet, this NBA expert, was apparently connected to the betting site in some capacity. So basically he threw out misinformation. People bet on it, lost their money, and they walk away scot-free with everybody's money. Deception. Thievery. Do as you please, because there is no right or wrong. Bible's a myth. We created God. So here in 1965, Paul Harvey records, If I Were the Devil. And now how relevant is it some 50, 55, 60 years later? It's probably more relevant today than in 1965. Kind of fascinating. Not sure what 1965 had, but I don't think they had uh, state lotteries like we do today. They didn't have the internet, obviously. I think sex was just coming out of the so-called taboo into the free spirit. Summer of Love was about four years away. And then think about this, too, the state of our government. And again, it doesn't matter. You can pick your ideology and you can pick who you vote for and all that, but this is a fact. Adam Schiff spent years lying to the American people and telling the American people that Donald Trump colluded with Russia. This led to billions of dollars wasted on investigations. It came out that he lied. It was not true. So when he got censored for it, so he lied, he deceived, and he tried to really uh, mess with elections, right? Election interference. So when he was censured on the House floor, he was called to the House floor to face the charges. The entire Democratic Party, 200-plus people cheered for him, called him a hero. They supported him with fanfare. He was a proven liar a proven deceiver, and he is held as a hero. That's where we are today. The criminals are held up in high regard, high esteem. The people with that you would consider good people, law-abiding citizens, they're the bad people. What about Eric Swalwell, slept with a Chinese spy? Diane Feinstein had a Chinese limo driver for years. What about Hunter Biden? He just pled guilty to three felonies, supposedly. No punishment. Slap on the wrist. Three felonies. How would you like to plead to those three felonies and see what you get? Bet you're going to prison. Endless people have lied in the FBI, the intel community, to Congress. Hillary, 
lied to Congress, others lying to Congress. Lying to Congress is a felony, but none of these people face prison time. It's a two-tier justice system. The racial divide is huge in our country. The political divide is huge in our country. Everything is more divided today than in 1965. I'm pretty sure of that. Things are worse off now. 74% in a recent poll said our country is headed in the wrong direction. Got rigged elections, dictator governors, politicians who think they're God. A dishonest society. Truth is gone. Drugs, including fentanyl, out of control. Look at Portland, 41% more overdosed, shattering overdose records because they legalized fentanyl, cocaine, meth. Is that a good idea? And the biggest red flag itself? Well, first off, we've got an attack on our children. Education is lost. We had a podcast a couple of weeks ago talking about reading, math, comprehensions, well below grade level. In fact, some school districts and some states, complete states, have nobody at grade level in comprehension. We have homelessness, drugs, and crime reigning supreme. And that's the America we become. Look at San Francisco. People leaving San Francisco. Businesses just dropping off the keys. The escrow company saying, peace out, because it's gotten so bad. Is this the America that you want for your future? Is this the America that your parents worked so hard to get here? If you're from an immigrant family, your family probably left some impoverished or some bad situation. They wanted a better life for you and for their future generations, grandkids, great-grandkids. They probably worked really hard. Is this what they worked hard for? Is this what they fled their country for and made that long journey here to become an immigrant? Society today, is that what they wished for you? And are you somebody that's a part of making it what they didn't want? Are you making this country the very thing that your parents, grandparents left their country for? And then the biggest red flag is that half the country just doesn't care. Doesn't care that we're going down in flames. They want to do as you please. Like Stockton Rush. He did as he pleased. He disregarded safety experts. He disregarded common knowledge. He relied on his own understanding. And the submarine imploded. Five lives lost in in a blink of an eye. And again, you got these people. If you want to use the Titanic analogy, they're still partying on the Titanic as the Titanic is sinking. And they didn't even see it coming. And there's no room on that door or floating debris or whatever Rose was floating on that Jack could have been on. And the Titanic of America is sinking. And that's where we come, 1965. So I ask you, what do you want? It starts at the grassroots community level, the neighborhoods, local towns. If you want to rebuild this country, it's going to start locally, grassroots. It starts with you wanting to make positive change, make it better for your kids and grandkids. And then if you're thinking about the afterlife, what are your thoughts about the afterlife? What do you think is going to happen? And if you don't know, uncertain, maybe Romans Road might be a way to start your investigation into what you think might happen. And then if you do, it might just change your life. And if you don't care, well, that's your choice too. That's fine. No judgment. I'm just bringing up thoughts for conversation, something to think about. Because, again, in the blink of an eye, You could be gone and not even know it. And the next thing you know, 
You're driving down the highway of life, and the next thing you know, you're in all eternity. Something happened. You don't even realize it, like the implosion of a submersible, and now you're in the afterlife. By then, it's too late. You need to decide on this side of death what you believe and how you're going to live. And that's up to you. This is Two Steps Ed Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom. You can check out our website at RadioWarp.com. That's Radio, W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. Click on the uh, Two Steps Ed Podcast logo. All of our shows pop up. We've got video of the shows that link you to our Rumble page. There's kind of like an orange stripe that goes across the page, too. If you click on that, it's our SoundCloud or audio page. You can download the audio and take it with you on the go. There's a couple other podcasts and other things on there that you can click on and listen to as well. You can check us out on Instagram at TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast. You can email the show at TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast. And if you still can't find us, you can just internet search us, TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast. And uh, we pop up. We're everywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, um, you can go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or you could just say, hey, Suri, hey, Google, hey, Alexa, play TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast, and we pop up. Everything with the two is TWO, just so you know. And then also, again, like I said, if you have some questions, comments, you can definitely reach out and let me know. And um, if I don't know, or if I personally can't help you, I know a lot of people that might be able to, a lot of resources that might be able to help out as well. So if you're questioning and you're not sure, whatever it might be, any of the things that we talk about here on the podcast, if you just need a voice on the other end of an email to reply, to encourage questions, whatever it might be, uh, reach out. And again, if I can't help you, I can't assist you. I know a lot of people, a lot of different resources that might be able to help out because it is. It's a tough world out there. We just went through all the things. I know some of you are going to say, yeah, it's slanted towards a certain bias, but it's all factual. It's not really slanted toward any bias. It's a factual. It's factual things that made headlines. You can go search it up, do the research yourself, and see that it's factual. And, of course, there's many other examples. But, again, that's where the world has become. In 1965, it was recorded what would happen in 2023, it's actually happening, and it's a sad state of affairs. Again, Two Steps Ed podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom. Hey, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend, and until next time, God bless.